Hey, how's everybody doing? Thank you for tuning in to This Is Real with yours truly, Juan Martinez, a.k.a. Dr. Love. And I'm Stephanie Rave. Man, I feel like I haven't said that in a minute. Maybe it's the holidays, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Christmas. It's been a minute. I, mean, I just feel like it's been a minute. Maybe. Well, it's a new year. It was, a new that year. was last year. Oh, that was last year. year. Was last You're year. absolutely right, man. And, you know, uh, thank you so much always for all your letters. You know, yesterday we went to the East Ham unit. Yep, shout um, out to East Ham unit. Yeah, now we're trying to, we gave them a box of books, now we're trying to get about two. 2,000 more books to cover the whole entire prison system. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to be in there a lot. So that's kind of dope. That's really exciting. Yeah. So that's exciting news. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast, our YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. uh, for all the comments and all the beautiful encouraging words that you guys put that's super awesome yes and thank you for everyone who writes us letters we read every single one and we try to get back to you guys also sometimes Um, it takes a little bit but we get there yeah (laughs) so thank you for reaching out we we really appreciate it yeah all the people that do music because at the end you know when we do heavy hitters we really appreciate the music Mm -hmm. we love music Mm -hmm. we still we got to get to the cooking show we got to get to the cooking show (laughs) and uh you know our guests have just been on a lineup of Mm -hmm. awesomeness Mm -hmm. right and uh this year would this be our first guest of the year? This is our second. second. Second guest of the mm-hmm. year. And uh, they just keep getting better. Yeah. Because uh, you know what? I love this guy. Uh, not just saying it because he's in the studio, mm-hmm. but you would all have to agree with me and everyone in the studio, Marco the Media Guy and G, uh, as they will talk to him here in a little bit, they uh, would have to admit that this guy's like a bundle of joy. Mm-hmm. He's excited about life. You know, he is like... Uh, just I love life and there's only one way a person is that excited about life Mm -hmm. right you either just hit the lottery (laughs) or you have a relationship (laughs) with Jesus because you just hit the lottery you'll have that for a moment and then it'll go away right Mm -hmm. because the problems all rise Mm -hmm. but if every time we see this guy we ain't seen him in a while and when we see him he has this face Mm -hmm. with like man I love what you guys are doing souls souls and he's praying for people in the front and telling people Mm -hmm. stories and we get to have in the studio with us today, the none other than Don Babin. Don Babin. What? How are you? Awesome. Doing Dude. great, man. Africa. Yes. How long have you mm. been in the States? Uh, I think we got back like November. Like November. Okay. Oh, so you got a good little comfort yeah. trip of America. Yeah. And you're ready to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yep, yeah, that's enough. I'm yeah. out. That's it. Yeah. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. That's so awesome. For those well, who don't know you, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> we've been going to Africa uh-huh. as missionaries, my wife and I, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, for 14 years. And wow. we work with remote tribes, very remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no roads. Give us an example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we have an apartment in Nairobi, so we leave Nairobi and, and then we go out. It may take us eight to ten hours to get where we go. Wow. But there's no road. and I mean, they live in mud huts, and many of their children have never seen white people. So they're just wow. a forgotten people, these wow. tribes that we go to. They're just forgotten. The government doesn't know where they are. You know, I mean, they just live in the middle of nowhere and mm. unbelievable poverty and uh, you know, probably one of the biggest things that stands out is the hopelessness. Wow. Mm. Because, you know, like their grandfather grew up in a mud hut and hardly had clothes and food to eat. Their grandfather and then their father. And now this kid is growing up. And what's he thinking? 
Same thing. He's like, yeah, yeah same no, mindset, right? There is no way out of this. Yeah. This is where this is. I'm destined for poverty. I'm destined for hopelessness, and mm -hmm. so we just take Jesus, and you know what He does? Yeah. <laughs> he gives them hope. Baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And clothes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> shoes. We take tennis shoes to them, and it, wow. it's just. You know, it's like being Santa Claus every day. That's amazing. You know, you're just always giving stuff to them. And, of course, that's what, that's how we start connecting with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't just go in and tell them Jesus saves. First of yeah. all, many of them don't even know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. But wow. you got to love them first. And once they know we love them, mm -hmm. then they're open. Explain they don't know what Jesus is. Because sometimes you're like, you know, they're out here in America, and you're like, oh, he don't know Jesus. But when you say, hey, you know Jesus, mm -hmm. they don't know him in an intimate relationship. But they'll go, oh, Jesus, yeah, the Bible. You know? Here. Yeah, you know, here. here what, what does that look like over there? Oh, my. Totally different. Like what? Uh, not, you know, a lot of people have heard. Yeah. But when you go very remote, like there's a tribe we're working with called the Pakot tribe, 99% are unreached of this tribe, which is probably 800,000 people. Yeah. Wow. And so we were just there, and you tell them about Jesus. You have to make it very simple, you know. And you tell them about Jesus, and they told us, so this Jesus, is he like a politician? <laughs> you know, we've never heard a story like this. Mm. So, you know, That's it's like wild. the first time you've ever heard. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, they look at you like, you know, explain this to me. Mm -hmm. But the awesome thing is they believe. Right. I, I, I don't know why, but it's like they just believe. You know, it's like maybe they want hope. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I tell them, see that mountain? My God made that mountain. Mm -hmm. See those clouds? Every day my God puts those clouds up there. That's the God I'm serving. So don't you want to know the God that created all this and he can live inside of you? Oh, man. That, yeah. There's and no resistance. Lives are changing. Oh, my gosh. What are you seeing over there? Well, you know, our vision is called total tribal transformation. Total tribal. So okay. we don't want to just see them get saved. That's, that is huge, of course. Sure. But we want to see them get an economy because they have no economy. Mm. You know, they're so poor. Yeah. So we teach them how to do gardens, how to do chickens, how to sell eggs, how to create money. We nice. educate the little kids because total tribal transformation is not just spiritual transformation, mm -hmm. but transformation financially, yeah. transformation in your marriage, transformation in raising kids, transformation in your thinking. Mm -hmm. And so that total tribal transformation begins with being saved. Yeah. But it's just the beginning. Yeah. Facts. And so, man, we've been seeing. Well, we started with the Maasai tribe. Yeah. And, and so we began to see gardens spring up everywhere. And the U.N. tried to do this in the early 70s and failed. Wow. The Maasai wouldn't do gardens. Tell but, us a little bit about the Maasai tribe, because right now maybe somebody's listening and they're like, what's uh, the Maasai tribe? I know I told G and uh, Marco, the media guy, that, you know, you had this incredible story of the Maasai. So tell us a little bit about what you shared in the hallway okay. about, you know, young and the, what they do and all this stuff, because I just think it's incredible. So the Maasai are, uh, they, they live very remote in the bush, very remote. Yeah. And they live in mud huts. They're very poor. They do have cattle. Uh, but their cattle die because of drought, and yeah. then they get more cattle. Because there's 41 tribes in Kenya. Mm. Each tribe has a special profession. Like one works with wood, one works with metal, <laughs> one works with... And each tribe Sounds has like their own language. Uh -huh. So there's 42 different languages. <clears throat> wow. wow. Now, they all speak Swahili, and some of them speak English. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, the Maasai speak Ma. Ma. That, that's the Maasai language. So we begin to go to them. They begin to get saved. They begin to do gardens. Uh, but the young men, they're called warriors. Yeah. It's like an age set. Yeah. So when you turn 17, you're, you enter into what's called Moranhood, a Moran warrior. Yeah. And at 17, the young men are circumcised. <clears throat> 17. In a ceremony. Okay. If you show any fear, if you cry or flinch, flinch then you're labeled a coward the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So they prepare for this ceremony by taking hot coals and laying them on their leg and getting used to pain. Yeah. And then after they get through with that ceremony, a couple of weeks later, they have to leave and go kill a lion with a spear to prove their manhood. Because they have to prove, kind of like David, he has to prove to his father, I can protect the cattle. Hmm. And hmm. I'll fight a lion if I have to, to protect the cows. Yeah. And so that's, that's where they kind of cross into manhood. We killed a lion with a spear, so now I've proved my manhood. Hmm. And uh, little boys, you know. I'm like ready for Goliath. Six, seven, uh, yeah. <laughs> six, seven, eight-year-old boys, you'll see them walking around with a spear, <laughs> watching the cows. Probably whoop some of the men. If they, if they come home with one less sheep at seven, they cane the little boy. What do you mean? Cane him. Yeah. The elders will cane him for losing a sheep or a goat. So, you know, the cows, the cattle. Hey, they don't lose them. Is their God. <laughs> it's their God. It really is their God. They, if their children are starving, they will not kill a cow. Wow. Wow. Because their cow is their identity. So if I have 100 cows, I'm an important person. If I have five cows, I'm stupid. Wow. And so even in their elders' meetings, if there is a young man there that has five cows, they'll tell him, shut up. You don't know anything. You have five cows. I have 100. Isn't that like that here in other ways? Not, maybe not with cattle. It is. And That's right. Same, yeah. yeah, you know, what size house do you live in? What kind of job do you have? What kind of money do you have? Yeah. That's your self-worth. Mm -hmm. And so when I go and I'm preaching to them, I tell them, why do you listen to me? I don't have cows. <laughs> <laughs> it messes them up, man. I mean, it really does. Like They grab their head. They're like, whoa. You know, and I'll go, and Jesus, oh, this, this Jesus I'm telling you about. Yeah, you yeah. know, when he walked the earth, he didn't have a cow. And you're listening to him. <laughs> so see, it just Jesus just messes up their culture. Because yeah. he wants them in his culture, you know. Same, same here in the U.S. But they're awesome, loving. I mean, we love them. We've been there 14 years, so we've watched their kids grow up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them named Michelle and Right, Don. I was about to oh, say that. They they've have named names, them. right? They've named their children. They're everywhere now. You know, last time I told you there was like maybe a few, but now there's Don Babin and Michelle Babin. Not just Don, not just Babin, <laughs> the whole name. And so their names are weird, like Old Chokey. But when they, they'll see their son, they'll say, Don Babin, Michelle Babin, you come. So it's like, and That's I fire. asked him, I said, wow, why are you naming your kids after us? I mean, you know, they're going to be freaks, you know, among your tribe because, <laughs> you know, that's a weird name. Their friends are going to make fun of them. They said, we don't care because one day when you, they call us mom and dad, when oh. you're dead, we'll always that's remember cool. your legacy mm -hmm. by looking at our children that you brought transformation to our people. Wow. Oh. So their they're little kids are just. That's fire. Know, and most yeah. of them I can't even hug because I'm white. You know, I scare them. Yeah. You know, they're afraid of white people. You have to give them candy and they find out that you're not going to eat them or beat them, you know, that you'll hug them. But at first they're like, you know, there's a lot of Don Babbins I've not been able to hold yet. Well. <laughs>
Wow, that you know, it's just the parallels. It might be different, but it's the same. Because I is. feel like here, you know, you go through hurts and pains and certain things, and because you don't recognize what's before you, yeah. the Christ that we're trying to represent, yeah. you treat it as if it would bring you destruction. Yes, yes. But when yes. you're you're in destruction, you think that you're free, mm-hmm. but you're really in bondage. And what you consider to be free, uh, or not free is really where freedom is. Yes. When yes. you're in the world. Yes. And see, their, their bondage is the cow. And that their culture is they have a stick about so long with a sharp point, the young men yeah. do. And it has a hole all the way through the middle. Yeah. And they stick that in the juggler vein of the cow while he's alive and drink the blood of the cow. So they've made a blood covenant with the cow, which means why they're not able to kill the cow why they're not able to eat the cow because they've made a covenant with the cow and the cow is their god it's their worth it's everything Mm. but you know in america we've made covenants with all kinds of things and that's why we're not able to break it Mm -hmm. you know they they can't break it unless they meet jesus Mm. they just can't make a covenant with him make a covenant with him that's exactly which is agreement the word covenant the word agreement they've come into the bible it means covenant yes is that awesome? Yeah. Oh, in the world, we call it a contract because it's breakable. Yes, but it's an agreement because it's not breakable. In the covenant, it's not. <laughs> <That's right>. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I it's love so it. so good. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I want to ask you a question. Uh, you see all that. You come to America. I'm sure Stephanie's probably brewing some questions, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I just want to ask you one thing. Like, what is God saying to you? Right, because obviously you're over there, uh, and we talk about it, and we joke. We're like, oh, and you, you, wow. you're like, oh, I have all this faith, and then all of a sudden, I send you with Bob, da- Bob Don Babin. I said Bob Dabin, <laughs> <laughs> Don Babin, and uh, I'm like, here, the person's like, I'm blind, and you got to pray for him. Really, that's where your, do I have a relationship with Jesus? Kind of kicks oh, in, yeah. right? Somebody brings a dead baby, you got to bring, you know, yeah. like, pray yeah. for them. You're like, oh my God, if you don't have a relationship with a relationship, it freaks you out mm-hmm. a little. Yeah. Without a relationship, you're definitely oh, freaked yeah. out. You're running. Oh, yeah. Nothing's <laughs> you <know>? happening. <laughs> Nothing's happening. <laughs> so yeah. with that, I'm eager to hear. I know you have a, a great relationship with the Lord. And so I'm eager to hear what is God. It's 2022. What is God saying to Don Babbitt? Hmm. To me, <clears throat> and this is just for me. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh I love everybody. I really do. And I hate what I see. I see some stuff happening in the world that is hurting people that I love. Mm -hmm. So I'm a guy, and I know you are too, I'm a fix-it guy. So if I see something broke, (laughs) I'm going to God to find out how to fix it. Facts. And so I've been saying, so God, you know, people I love are being hurt. How do I fix it? Evangelism. There's no fixing without Jesus. And so Mm. 2022 is I want to fix the problem. And that's to introduce as many people as I can to Jesus. Mm. People are stressed. People are worried. You know, people are fearful. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and really, it's an old song back in the 70s that Jesus is the answer for the world today. And he really is. I mean, you know, it's... I don't know how to communicate that, but I'll take anybody that's broken and give them Jesus. And they may not be fixed immediately, but they're on their way to full repair. 
Mm-hmm. Come on. You know, so he's assembling. Yes, come on. He breaks you apart and he's like, hold on, let me put I'm putting it me, together. Let me put your marriage back. Let me put a little but, bit of But this. without Jesus. Oh, no. You stay. It'll never come together. So when I look at people, I see people as those that know Jesus and they're being put together. Mm-hmm. Or those that don't know Jesus and their life is just a mess and confused. Mm-hmm. So I know if somehow we could get all of the Christian churches in the world to get focused on the lost. See, I got saved in the Jesus movement yeah. of the 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all that. the hippies. You know, I was a druggie yeah. and a drinker and, and didn't go to church. And somebody came and told me about Jesus. And they said, yeah, man, you ought to go to church. And I thought, I don't want to go to that place. Those people look boring. You yeah. know, I want those people at church to come to the club. Because at the nightclub, we're happy. You know, but at yeah. the church, they look horrible. And so this guy invited me to go to church. I didn't want to go to church, you know. As a matter of fact, I used to think if I could get the church people stoned, I could fix them. <laughs> You're going to flip it. You know, yeah. I was like, man, these poor people, if I could just get them high, I could make them have fun, you know, because I didn't see that in the church. Yeah. But I went in the 70s and met Jesus, and mm. all the hippies were coming to Christ. Mm. You know, contemporary Christian music came out of that, out of the mm-hmm. Jesus yeah, yeah, movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, we were meeting at coffee house ministries, you know, we were sitting on the floor and yeah. somebody playing a guitar and, you know, and it, our doctrine wasn't really good. It really was but we loved Jesus, you know, and, and that's what Jesus was after was that heart for him more than mm-hmm. dotting every I and crossing every T. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I would love to see another Jesus movement hit America where masses of people are coming to Christ. I mean, it fixed a generation before, mm-hmm. and it's fixed generations way before that. So, you know, my heart just burns for people to meet Jesus. And I'm doing what I can do, but man, more needs to be done. You know, I want to say to all of the pastors of, of churches, please think about the lost. You know, you were lost one time. And yeah. somebody was thinking about the lost or you would still be lost. Mm. So, you know, it's like, come on, man, come on. Don't, don't and the ones you're talking to right now that have forgotten about the lost are the ones that are also lost, right? Because yes. there's two types of lost. Yes. We always look at the guys like us in the mud. Yeah, there's the older brother who was also lost. Yes. Yeah, but he thought because he, he thought was, he wasn't. He's yeah, actually the worst. He's that's, harder to reach. Oh, that's the lost. You're really <laughs> lost, lost when you're lost and don't know you're lost. I mean, that's like <laughs> yes. when the light that you have is darkness. How great is your darkness? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. And I meet yeah. them, you know, and, and man, there's a lot of them in church. Yeah, and and, and they're just self-deceived. Uh huh. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for them. You know, and they're just grinding through it, you know. Like, here we go, it's Sunday, and we're going to go, and you're going to love it. (laughs) You know, and I'm thinking, no. (laughs) You know, I'm just telling Jesus, man. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, that's what demons tremble. Yeah. They don't tremble the name of a church. They don't tremble the name of an individual, Mm -hmm. but they tremble at the name of Jesus. His name. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's what we need to get out there is Jesus, just Jesus, you know? That's Mm -hmm. what my heart burns for. I love it. That's why I'm crazy about you, man, (laughs) because you're about reaching the Ever since I've met you. Yes, sir. You're about souls. Man, having rallies in your parking lot, baptizing people, reaching the communities, Yes, sir. And, and, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be negative, 
But how much do you see that going on? Mm -hmm. no, not a lot. You know, we're discipling and discipling and re-discipling, and, and so we've, we've interbred the sheep so much they become mean. <laughs> yeah. I don't, and to be honest, I don't, I don't know. I, I wholeheartedly feel like I don't really think we're discipling. I don't either. Because I feel like we're, we're, right. we're, 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 teach the word, teach the word, but we don't create spaces for the application of that word. You know what yes, I mean? I feel yes. like a lot of times, like, I, you're going to know this, you're going to know this, you're going to know this, but it's like, yo, let me show you how to do this. Because yes. I'm upset at you right now, but I'm going to be gentle so that you yes. can see gentleness. And yes. then I'm going to call you on your rudeness, and then we're going to walk together. Yes. And now we're starting to, you know, it's, it's kind of like, discipleship to me is like parenting. Yes. They have to the see it. The way I see it. Yeah, they have to see it. And, you know, Jesus said to his, his three of his disciples. Let, we're going to be right okay. back. We're going to go to, we're going to talk about the three of the disciples. Stephanie's got some questions. <laughs> Tom Then we're going to run them through the this is real thing. We'll be right back with a break after this break. Stick around, you guys. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to This Is Real. See the way we did double fingers? Right. <laughs> I couldn't see that. No, not the double fingers. They're thinking, no, like, they pointed at me, I pointed at you. Right now they're listening. They're like, oh, you gave us a double finger. <laughs> I want you to share what you were just talking about. Um, a, what, did, what did Jesus tell some of the disciples? Yeah. So Jesus goes to three of his disciples mm -hmm. that are fishermen, mm -hmm. and he says, follow me. Right. And I'll make you to become fishers of men. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I like Jesus' discipleship plan because he gives them the syllabus at the beginning. <laughs> so yeah. he says, now, if you follow me, if you choose to follow, here's what the outcome is going to be. You will fish for men. Yeah. If Jesus says, I'm going to make you do something, mm -hmm. he's pretty good at doing that. And so they followed him and they watched him. It was role play. It was watching him at funerals, watching him at... So if Jesus said discipleship, because he's calling his disciples... And he says, this is what discipleship is. Follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. Yeah. What are we discipling people to do? Mm -hmm. See, Jesus said, if you follow me, this is the outcome that I'm looking for. So if you follow Jesus, what are you going to do? Fish for men. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're not fishing for men, what does that suggest? That you're not following. Right. Or you're following some other Jesus. <laughs> yes, you're, you're following you know, David. The, not the Jesus, the creator of the yeah. world. You're following Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Another guy, they're like, hey. <laughs> That's my deal, Chewy. <laughs> but the, the thing is, Jesus wants to create soul winners. Now, you know, you can be a fisherman. I've gone fishing and not caught anything, but I'm still a fisherman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody, like an evangelist, is skilled at fishing. They catch a lot of fish. Mm -hmm. But we're all called to fish. Right. Yeah, we all have to work the evangelist. Yes, we're, we're, we all have to do fishing. The good news. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's, I think that's what's missing today is we're discipling. It's really, to me, it's deceptive discipleship. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's not true discipleship. True discipleship is they learn to win souls. So when I pastored I would to a new convert, I'd say, come hang out with me. Where are we going? We're just going to go hang out. Yeah. I don't know if we go eat. I'm going to teach them when you eat how you can reach people. You know, if we go on the streets, I would go to nightclubs and bars and take my Bible in with me and take a new, you know, a new one of my disciples with me. And I'd sit my Bible on the table. I promise you one, and I know you've probably yeah. done I lay my Bible, has a big cross on it, and I lay it there. And, and you know, in the bar, they're going, they're looking like, man, that guy's got a Bible. I've seen this many times. That guy's got a Bible. Wow. That's dope. You know what they do? They send a representative over to my table. I've seen it a hundred <laughs> times. Ah! 
So they send him over, and he comes over, and he stands there, and he goes, is that a Bible? And, of course, you got to look like you love Jesus. You know, if you're frowning, they're going to offer you a drink, you know? So, <laughs> they're like, yo, that's not working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. try so, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm smiling real big, and they go, is that a Bible? I go, yeah, it is. And they go, well, why in the world are you here in a club with the Bible? And I say, well, because I was driving by, and I thought, I'll bet you I could find some really friendly people in there. <laughs> and so I stopped in, and, and here, here's a friendly person. You've come up to me. And that's why I have this. You know what they do? This is the story. I promise. Many of them say, you know, I used to, my mama used to take me to Sunday school. <laughs> they start crying. <laughs> you know, I love my mama, and she'd take me to church and stuff like that. And I say, man, sit down. Pray with them. They get saved. You know what they do? They go back to their table. Mm -hmm. Guess what they're telling that table? About Jesus. See, see, and so I take my disciples with me, and they're going, that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you love people. You're friendly. You're not condemning them. You're not putting them down. You're just mm -hmm. taking life to them, you know. Yeah. You, you're not going to try to force somebody to pray the prayer. You're just loving on them. Mm -hmm. And, and I take people out, and man, we'd give away gospel tracts, you know, mm -hmm. and churches would put me down for giving away gospel tracts. You know, they said that was so impersonal. It's an impersonal way to evangelize people, give yeah. them a gospel track. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, what's your method? Yeah. They didn't have one. Mm -hmm. So I like my method better. <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it's amazing, that story that you're sharing. And whenever you're talking about um, Fishers of Men, I feel like, and obviously, like, uh, from Africa to U.S., you know, yeah. it, there's similarities, you know, and I feel like, I mean, I'm no fisherman. I, I don't even like doing it, <laughs> yeah. but I, I've seen it. I've been around it before, you know, and I feel like what you're describing is kind of like, so I know there's like man-made ponds and stuff, right? Uh -huh. But in order for the fish to multiply, you have to put more than one in there, right? Yeah. Um, and you can do like a catch and release. So I feel like what you're describing is as if there's only one fish in a pond, you catch it, you feed it, then you throw it back. Yes. And then instead of having more fish in there and multiply, you grab another fish, but then you put them in a separate pond. So all you're doing is feeding and feeding one fish in a separate pond and mm. not putting them together and allowing them to multiply. Because then once you have somebody who comes in and, like you said, you're teaching them to fish, they can't catch anything because there isn't multiplying of fish. Yes. You know? And yes. I feel like that's <laughs> kind of what the yes. church has become a little bit yes. in a sense is just a pond with one fish just getting fat and fat and fat versus a pond with multiple fish and multiplying and then that's whenever you can go and the fish can go and tell the other fish hey yes. this is what's good this is what i'm eating this is what's making me have life instead of just sitting there and not going out and multiplying yes. you know and i feel like versus the discipling that and then if you look at the fisherman right if the fisherman just goes and it's just that one fish that one yes. fish you're just fishing mm. for that one that one might grow and that might be a great fish so you may have made a great disciple but then what the about, person yeah exactly yeah, what about the rest mm -hmm. you know it's it's in in east africa in the remote places yeah most of them are illiterate yeah so they can't learn by reading right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so in america we're all about learning yeah we're all about learning mm -hmm. but we're not yeah. about living yeah I even know that there are people that when they've learned a revelation, they feel like they've accomplished it. See, I can repeat the revelation you give me, so I've arrived. They don't understand that it's not just 
learning the revelation, it's living the revelation. Fact. So in the bush, the only way they can learn is by watching somebody live. Mm. See, here we can read. But out there, it's like, <laughs> I can't read, so I have to read your life. Yeah. I have to watch you. That's the only way I'm going to get this. Mm -hmm. And wow. so in America, we sit in a classroom, and this is an education wow. statement. Classroom education is the lowest form of education known to man. Mm -hmm. That's an educator's statement. That's why Jesus said, follow me. Yeah, we'll do a little classroom, but hang out with me is the best way to educate people. I like that yeah. word. You know? Yeah. We just we got to just take people by the hand, you know? Like what you do in the parking lots and, you know, somebody that's newly saved goes to one of your outreaches. Yeah. They may just stand to the side. Mm -hmm. They're scared. Yeah. They're like, wow, man, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. You know? They see people going out and hugging people that they don't know. That may be a new thing to people, mm -hmm. you know. And so they just watch. And then they go to the next outreach and they watch. But the next one, they want to start hugging. Yeah. And then the next one, they're given a testimony. And then the next one, they're up there preaching. Yeah. But they had to watch it happen first. And that's mm -hmm. what we're missing in the States. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. we're missing the role play. Mm. We're missing that. We put it on a chalkboard. And you know, in football, you can win a lot of ball games on a chalkboard. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And America should know football, so come on, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> wow. No yeah. greater analogy than that. That's really good. Are we going to do some of the so, things? Yeah, oh, go ahead. Could... No, no, no. Go ahead. Ask. Cause I... So um, I, I know the comparison between Africa and, and the U.S., obviously, based off of what you're sharing. Was there a specific moment in time where, because you said that you were a pastor, right? And then, I mean, 14 years probably just came and went without even thinking about it. it. But was there a moment in time where you're you're over in Africa and you decide, you know what, this is this is it. Like, this is going to be what I do, what we do together for the rest of our lives. And then you guys start with the whole planning. And, you know, because I feel like at some point, God speaks to us, right? Yes. And so yes. what was that moment mm -hmm. like for you guys? Well, we went, I went to Africa, and I love America. <clears throat> and, you know, I couldn't do what I do without churches in the yeah. United right, States. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's like I was an evangelist. I traveled all over and did mm -hmm. crusades and stuff. And I just got tired of reading the Bible, mm -hmm. but not being in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I really, I went through, this is going to blow your mind, I went through about a year of depression. Hmm. Mm serious depression because it was like god is this it i've read the bible i see all these miracles and signs and wonders and and i just read about it and i just got depressed because it was like god if this is it i want to go to i want to go to heaven mm -hmm. i don't want to hang around if this is it because i feel cheated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i hear stories of this guy talking about all these miracles but why not me and you know i'd seen miracles but nothing like acts and somebody told me i made a statement in a church in Austin mm -hmm. that I want to go where hungry people are. There happened to be a man there that was part of my side. Mm -mm. He said, go to East Africa and, and you'll see what you want. Mm -hmm. And so we sold everything we had and we went to Africa. Man, we began to see signs and wonders. Like what? Well, the first time we went, there was a five-year drought. It hadn't wow. rained in five years. All their cows were dead. And so I'm, we're in this little tiny room, poor in sweat, filthy, dirty. We lived in the bush for 30 days with mm -hmm. the Masa. And I'm laying there in bed, and I'm saying, okay, God, we're here. Now, what do you want me to say tomorrow? We're doing an open-air meeting in this village. So what do you want me to say? And I heard this voice. 
mean, this is so real. It said, tell him the drought is over. And I said, so, okay, God, what do you want me to say tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, because you don't and, have... And I hear this echo, you know, because I don't think God repeats himself. I think mm -hmm. we hear the echo. And I kept hearing the echo, you know, tell them the drought is over. And I argued with God. I really did. I kept saying, God, if this isn't you, if this is just a feeling, mm -hmm. and, and, it, and the drought's not over, and I tell them, I'm going to have a very short ministry here. Yeah. So, you know, God, I, I just told him I'm not going to tell him. I just told him. I said, I'm, it's done. God, I'm not going to tell him that. And God said, okay, okay, that's fine. So the next day I got up, and I was preaching open air, people everywhere, heavily depressed, the drought, they've lost cows. Yeah. And under the anointing, guess what happens? Out of my mouth, it. I said, the drought is over. And he translates it. And they start whistling and screaming. And then I said it again. And I'm going, oh, shut up, man. Maybe they mistranslated <laughs> it. You know? yeah, yeah. And so they're just dancing in the streets. And I promise you, every place we went, every day we'd go to two or three places, villages. And every place we went, it started raining. Mm. Started raining. You'd see a cloud come over the mountain and start raining. So they get on their little cell phones. They have a little Nakia cell phones, out, and they're calling. There's a white prophet that can bring rain to your village, and that's how our ministry got started with the Messiah. That's they're saying, man, call this guy. Let him come preach. It'll rain. It'll rain. It'll rain. And for the first time in years, it flooded in the Rift Valley. Wow. wow. And that wow. was the beginning. And so once you see that, mm -hmm. I'm addicted now. Yeah. It's like, God, I, I can't go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you see blind eyes and everything, right? Oh, yeah. Well, incredible miracles. I mean, and it's not, you know, I'm just tired and dirty and hungry, so I'm not super <laughs> spiritual. I'm just tired and dirty and hungry. <laughs> it's God showing up. Yeah. You know, and one of the songs, I have a song that I use in a lot of my videos, To Make Him Famous. Mm -hmm. And that's Pause what right I there. Pause right there. We're going to come right back. We're going to go to the This Is Real thing, and we're going to let him share a little bit about. Yeah, we're going to do some segments. We're going to take a quick <laughs> yeah, commercial break. We'll be right back <laughs> we'll with Don right Bannon. Yeah, we're Welcome back. back. <laughs> I don't know, right? In the, I, I just felt like I love the way you are. And, you know, I was in this moment of telling you, I, it just feels good. Sometimes you have this joy of the Lord. And I, I, I'm sure you're going to, you, you guys can probably, you know, uh, affirm what I'm saying, you know. But the joy of the Lord, sometimes I think I'm crazy or I feel bad because I feel so joyful of the Lord and others aren't. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Absolutely. And so when I see you and you're like, man, you know, he has this, yeah. this excitement. Yeah. Like you don't, every time he talks about the Lord, because he's been doing it the whole show, <laughs> right? You just don't turn on. He's like this before the show and <laughs> as he's yeah, leaving yeah. and on a phone call. And even in his text, I hear him, hey, you know, <laughs> and, and just you, you love Jesus. And I think, you know, as much as you say we encourage you, you encourage us big time because of that. I feel like, man, I, there's another, but you don't feel as crazy because I'm like, okay, well, he's. That's like why that you encourage me. Mm. Because you're excited about Jesus. But, you know, I wonder <laughs> is it because where we came from? I, I don't want to justify yeah, 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 yeah. it. You know, where you're forgiven much, you love much. Oh, yeah, facts. Well, I always tell people, I have. I talked to one of our pastors in our church, and we, you know, he didn't come from my same background. And when I say, to the congregation, look, if it's Jesus or death, like, like, uh, natural, you know, like I'll die. Like I have to cling on to Jesus. Yes, yes. Right. And he's like, well, you know, I, I was raised in a pretty good home and was raised with Jesus. So I don't, you're like, if you don't have Jesus, you'll die. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I feel that way. And maybe that's the problem. I don't know. But you, you know, know cause we're, I, I know if I don't have Jesus, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, done. Everything you know what? That I, I'm going to tell you where I'd be. Yeah. I'd go back to drugs probably. Probably. 
Oh, yeah, cheat, lie, everything. You know, All so of it. I yeah. know that my only hope, my it's only Jesus. anchor yeah. is just Jesus. I'm just telling that's why I just cling to him because mm-hmm. I don't want to get just a little bit away from yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, we know him. we were lost. It's because yeah. we, we were like in the mud. You know, if you, you don't feel like you're in the mud, like the yeah. older brother, right? Yes. You know, I'm yes. not really in the mud. I'm, I'm a good yeah. person, yes. right? You don't really feel that. But if you're like, like yeah. and you know, like, I'm in the mud, Man, I'm yeah. dirty, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm dirty. And, yeah. and you get this bath and you finally feel clean. You're yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, every time you get a little muddy, you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, and we had thing. a radical change. You know, yeah. some people... I guess, you know, they have a change. I guess it's inward. I don't know. Cause yeah, I yeah, only know where yeah. I came I, I from. I try to be sweet with that, too. Yeah, because you know. But, you know, I mean, I was like, boom. I mean, like, you know, it was like totally different <laughs> like that. You know, and it's like, wow, God is real, man. Look, I was on drugs yesterday, and I'm free today. <laughs> I'm not having withdrawal. And, yeah. You know? Oh, man, look, look, go to the segments, because I want to hear what he's got to say. We're going to start with uh, Dear Younger Me, right? So um, we like Back to the Future. We want to put you in the DeLorean. Take us back to a younger version of yourself. Um, I don't know, whatever age that is, and what were you like? You shared a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but if you, give, if you could give that younger version of yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? Mm. Uh, well, I'm going to take the younger version that was saved. Mm-hmm. Okay. How old are you? You know, uh, 23. 23. So I meet Jesus, and uh, I was blown away, and I've made a lot of mistakes since then. Yeah. And we all have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, and I've made a lot of detours. Yeah. But I think if I could redo that, the advice to myself would be, Listen more and use mm-hmm. wisdom. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really lacked spiritual wisdom back then. But now, as an older man, I, I know without the wisdom of God, we can't navigate this life. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. It's like being in the middle of the ocean without a compass. So I look back, I wish that I would have asked God for more wisdom and listened to the people that had wisdom. Mm. You know, because, you know, when you're newly saved, you think you know it all. But the older I get, the less I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, at my age now, I'm like, oh God, am I ever gonna get this? I mean, wow, there's so much revelation in this book. You know, I used to read chapters, now I'm stuck on words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that would be advice to, Don is a new convert. Mm-hmm. Listen to those people that have wisdom. Just sit and listen. Just listen. Don't have to respond. Just listen. And then ask God to give me that same kind of wisdom. That's good. I was going to put him back in the DeLorean, but that was so good. <laughs> it just is. Because remember yeah. what I told you earlier out of the Proverbs today? I was like, all I kept hearing, I was reading Matthew, and it just hit me different. When he said, they said, save yourself. And I feel like Jesus in his humanity, he's like, I can't. Mm, that's right. Because we can't. Yes. Right. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yes, and, I, and I'm like, that's right. Uh, it, it just, and so then I'm in prob- the proverb of the day, and it's like, listen to my advice. Mm. Hear my words. And he's like, if you're left or you're, you're going to the left or the yeah. right, you know, it's always about listening to what yes. he has to say. That still small voice, because it's always two. Now, before, only one came up. Yes. yes. Now, two. And now it's like, and the more you identify your lies, 
you'll know that oh, voice yes. of truth. Uh-huh, yes. And then the, the next question is, will you follow that voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sheep will. Yes. Even at the cost of, uh, Yes. Yes. Right? And um, just everything I was hearing you say kind of just felt like it just fit perfect. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the fact that you would say, because it, it's important, a guy like you who has given up everything to move to the middle of nowhere to serve the Lord, and for years, and it's pastored, and, you know, there's wisdom in what you're stating for you to tell us simple word as. It's so simple, mm-hmm. yet is. we complicate it. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but you're right, it's simple. It's yeah. just listen. have a listening ear. And you know, wisdom, that's what it means. Wisdom means a listening ear. Mm. <laughs> we need a listening ear to God. We need yeah. to learn to, like you said, hear his voice. Yeah. And then do something with what we hear. But sometimes he speaks through older people that have wisdom. Yeah. You know, Solomon, obviously. Yeah, know, yeah, fact. A great example. So Sometimes we learn from a fool. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What or not we, to we, do? Or we were fools. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> that was the biggest one. <laughs> the biggest. Hey, that's what Paul did. What's the Paul said? We're What's gonna, the next we're one? We're gonna jump into the next one, which is the struggle was real, right? So you hear all the time people say the struggle is real, but I know you shared with us a little bit about um, the year that you had depression, but share with us something that you struggled with, right? Because a lot of times maybe they're looking and they see, oh, well, Don and Michelle Babin, you know that. They've, you know, they're good because they've, you know, they live free. They don't have to worry about over, anything over here. And they may have, like, think that you don't struggle with anything, you mm. know. And oh. so if you share with mm. us something that you struggled with but how you overcame it, because people listening right now can definitely relate. You know, one of the things I really struggled with, <clears throat> especially in ministry, was getting depressed. Mm. And, uh, and I used to think, you know, there was something wrong with me because of that, because I'm you know, supernaturally a very up, bouncy, full of life person, but I would get my eyes off of Jesus and begin to look at the waves around me. Mm. And and I would begin to listen to the air, to the wind. And Jesus could be right in front of me, but I'm not listening to him, I'm listening to the wind and I'm looking at the waves and I would begin to sink. And uh, I've battled that a lot in ministry because not so much for me but I, I love people and love hurts yeah you know it hurt as Jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and so I love people and when I see that people and churches and that we're not really pursuing Jesus like we should and people mm-hmm. are getting hurt then I would I would be listening to the people and I would be looking at the people and not looking at Jesus, right. and so down I would go. And people would even come up to me, you know, in ministry and say, man, I, I know you're depressed. And I'd tell them I didn't hide it, Yeah. you know. Yeah. I'd say, man, I'm depressed. Don't pray for me. Just leave me like this. I like it. I'm going to stay this way for a while. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, I just, it's my turn to be depressed is what I told No, people. no, no. I just went to something like that. <laughs> I was like, I want to be like that. <laughs> and so they would try to encourage me even some older men you know 85 year old men that had been in the ministry over 50 years would come and have a cup of coffee with me and mm-hmm. but I wouldn't listen to them you know I would listen to the waves I would I would look at the and that was a, a major mistake that I made is yeah. mm. 
looking at my surroundings. I'm telling you, it's, mm -hmm. it's detrimental. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, you can get caught up, and it's a spiraling. So I start that, and I start spiraling down. Yeah. You know, and it gets worse, and then you can't sleep stronger. at night. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you're laying the in bed at night, mm -hmm. and you're thinking about all those things, and then you tell yourself, you know, I can't get my focus back on Jesus. There's, mm -hmm. you know, too many too ways, and, yeah. you know, too I just can't do it, you know, and, and, but you can, you know, but I listened to the voice that said, no, man, you're too far gone, mm. but I, I really, I struggled with that, and, you know, now that I'm older, <clears throat> How did you overcome that? How was yeah. the moment? So you're spiraling. You're listening to the waves. It's yeah. tsh, tsh, the wind's blowing. Well, what, at keep, what moment? I want to keep it real because that's what this yeah, is about. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I got tired of going down. You got tired of going down. I just got tired of it. I said, mm -hmm. you know, I'm tired of spiral you're yeah. like whoa yeah whoa. You know, how many like, okay. times have i done this and you know i don't want to do this anymore mm -hmm. you know because i'd go down and then i'd get my eyes on jesus come back up and do it again but i finally <clears throat> it's kind of like in the rocky movie when he fought the russian yeah the god pounded him and rocky would fall and jump back up and fall and jump back up that was me i was getting you know the stuff beat out of me yeah, yeah. and i'd jump back up so i could take a little bit more stuff and fall yeah. down yeah. and finally rocky looked at him and said I'm not going down again. Yeah. And I think that's, it had to come to that moment saying, you know what, I'm not taking this anymore. Yeah, you got tired of the bully. Yeah. The bully only stops when you punch him in the mouth. You're right. In a sense. You know, yeah. I know, but you, you're absolutely right. And then you find out that the bully wasn't as bad as you thought. Yeah, he was only bullying you because he was bullied. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Or something happened in his life. Right. But I really had to get tired of it. You know, and I think that's with any stronghold. I think you mm -hmm. finally get sick of it. You know, it's like, you know, I don't have to do this. Why am I right. I'm repeating this same thing over the and cycle. over and over, you know? Wow. Uh. <laughs> so what would you, um, if you could, you know, there's people listening and, and watching, um, what would maybe a prayer or some encouraging word to the person who feels that as well, who maybe is currently in that spiral, who's Talk going downward? Yeah. You got about a minute. Yeah, Let a minute. me tell you. If that's where you're at, you, you've got to know what I'm fixing to tell you. It doesn't matter how foul, far down you are. God loves you anyway. <laughs> I mean, he loved the son in the pig pen. He loves you. So you've you got to know that the one that can rescue you is not down on you. He's still standing there ready for you to say, save me like Peter did. And, and then he will immediately, the Bible says, reach out and save you so uh, if you're at that place you need to know jesus is the one that can pull you out of that but he loves you when you're in it <laughs> he hasn't changed his opinion of you mm. he loves you he cares about you he still died for you still shed his blood for you nothing's going to change his mind about you he just wants to save you that, that's all he just wants to pull you out of that spiral that, that's all he's after. He doesn't want any, you don't have anything you can give Jesus, you know? And we don't have anything he wants. <laughs> he just wants you. The heart. He yeah. just wants you. That's it. And so just fall in love with him no matter what mess that you're in. 
Thank you and so much. Be there. Juan Martinez from This Is Real. And I'm Stephanie Rave, and we're so glad you joined us. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and turn on your notification bell so you get notified every single time we have a new episode. And don't forget, in Houston, Texas, on 100.7 FM, every single Saturday night, we're on the airwaves from 6.30 to 7.30, man, with real people, real problems, real solutions. The show is rocking. Amen. But not only that, not only is the show rocking, we're also reaching 53 cities 51 state and county jails and prisons and what we're doing is we're bringing the word to them we're bringing them some laughter fire. and some good times and some fire Amen. and so uh for that we need some partners so if you want to partner with us please click on the link below and don't forget to follow us on social media hashtag this is real or on any other platforms pastor juan martinez hey that's a wrap peace